What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? It is another episode of Talking Football. Welcome back. We're happy to have you. It is myself, Justin Treese, and Dan Keeper today with another Dynasty slash just fantasy football episode. We're super excited. We have our Dynasty draft this weekend on Sunday. We've been talking about it for literally months, but um, Dan over here has three picks in the top 10. I have zero in the top 20 because I made a massive deal actually with Dan and another member. We made a three-way deal. Uh, was that last week? Yeah, that was last week. Yep, last week. That landed me Lamar Jackson, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit in our, here in a second. But Dan, new dad, Dan, how you doing? Oh, man, life is at like an all-time high right now. Uh, thank you, uh, you and Austin. Uh, you know, yeah, new dad, 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 boy, dad, number two. Uh, and then I told you right before we recorded, I set my Outlook calendar to out of office until August. Uh, so summer's off for this teacher. Can't wait for that. The weight that I felt lifted off my shoulder is unreal, which means now I can primarily only focus, besides on being a dad, I can focus on dynasty, talking football, and big draft this weekend. Uh, like you said, we've mentioned in the past, our two teams are at very different uh, moments in their winning cycle. I inherited this team. I didn't drive them into the ground. I inherited this team uh, in, I think, March, and it was time to hit the nuke button. So I uh, traded out a bunch of players. I got three picks in the top 10 and 202 this year, three ones so far next year. So, yeah, so we're building. Meanwhile, you are very much so in the contending window. So that three-way deal we made got you, Lamar Jackson, got me, Chase Edmonds, and a bunch of picks. And, uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. That was the first three-team trade I've made. And uh, I'm looking forward to more. Yeah, me too. Actually, and so I in that deal, I had to give away 1.8. I had to give uh, I had to give away a 2024 first, and I gave away Saquon Barkley. That was tough to give away Barkley because I know that it's just a matter of time before exposing, especially in Brian Dable's system. Like I actually watched a video of their one of their camps um, and watching Dable and Barkley talk and stuff. I was like. It's gonna happen. I might have messed happen. up. I might have messed up. But you want to know what? I couldn't. I couldn't go in. Like I feel like my team is one of the better ones in this league. But like my downfall has been super flex league. Like as we as we mentioned, like I've been riding with Ryan, <laughs> Matt Ryan, and Ryan Tannehill. Like I, you just can't win in super flex right. leagues when those are your two quarterbacks. So I had to make a deal. I mean, I I got to keep Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. So I'm still good at running back, have ETN coming. A lot of it is me assuming ETN is going to come in and like, I won't say ball be the out, guy. but like be the guy. Right. And I, I think he can give you a Miles Sanders ask like an RB between 10 and 14. You'll be very happy. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So anyway, so yeah, great, great little deal that we had going on um, in that league. So, but that's not all. That's not all that's going on today. So uh, one thing that we really wanted to do was do a little segment called pick a side. Um, and that strictly is just like, let's name some players, let's name some deals. And you or myself will pick a side of like who we'd rather have in, in a trade scenario. So um, I mean, Dan, I'll let you kick it off if you have one in mind to start. I off. do. Uh, so this is this is very interesting. This is one I highlighted right away uh, because I know you're a big fan uh, of one of these guys. And would you rather 
have a side of T. Higgins, wide receiver from Cincinnati, who's only 23 years old, mind you, okay, and a third this year, or would you rather have A.J. Brown? Oh, man. So we have A.J. Brown recently traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, presumably becomes their number one across from Devonta Smith. Or T. Higgins, who is 1B to Jamar Chase and a draft yep. pick. Yep. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, he says. Okay. I'm going A.J. Brown. Uh, I think that he, like, A.J. Brown is not going to get that 150, 180 yard, um, targets a season anymore. Like, in that offense, they're just not. Um, but with the way that Hurts can play, um, I think that they're going to scheme the ball around AJ Brown. Uh, you have Devontae Smith, like you said, on the other side that I don't think that like teams are going to feel comfortable doubling AJ Brown anymore. Like, because they, I think they know that Smith can beat them. Like, especially if he's number two, like Smith. And I know that how amazing he was, you know, in college Heisman trophy winner and all that, but like the way his body is built, like it does feel like he was like, he's like the perfect number two of an NFL team, um, which is hard to say when you take a guy in the top 10 <laughs> or was he 10 or was he 11? Somewhere in that area. Uh, I think right? he's 11. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but like they can't do that. And they have hurts running the ball. Miles Sanders still, you know, out of Becca still have Dallas Goddard and stuff like that. So like AJ Brown's not going to get as many targets anymore, but like, Either does Higgins. Higgins went on a little spree last year of like there's like four or five weeks where he got just a ton of targets and stuff. But like I also believe that like he's still competing with guys, obviously with Chase, obviously with Mixon. They did lose Yumazoma though. So like he might get a few more targets this year. It's actually kind of tough. I, I think I think the deal that was, breaker that was the, the idea. <laughs> yeah. I think the deal breaker actually is the third rounder. Like if you would have told me second. I might shift gears to mm-hmm. the T Higgins side. I think, I think that's the difference. Third right. rounder, I'm going AJ Brown. Second rounder, I'm going, I'm probably going Higgins. See, I think I'd actually take the Higgins side in this deal uh, because of age, health, and quarterback play are the, uh, are the main things I would go with. I, you know, hey, shocking. Go ahead, go grab a headline of this one. I think Joe Burrow is a better thrower of the football than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Shocking, cool. hot, shocking, hot take. Hot, hot, hot take there. Yeah, very hot take you there. Oh man, that's yeah, that's rough. Okay, all right. So I so I guess now it's my turn. Um, pick a side: DK Metcalf or Deontay Johnson. Sorry, I'm deciding is there, if I want is there to more? Yeah, uh, there is okay. more. I'm trying. I'm trying to decide on if I'm going pick or not. Um, let's go. Let's go. Deontay Johnson, and I'm not high on him, so that's probably sorry. I was going to say Chase Claypool, but a lot of people are higher on Claypool than I am. So let's go. Let's go. Deontay Johnson and Tyler Boyd. Ooh, or DK Metcalf. Yeah. I would still take DeKalen Metcalf in that scenario. I think this is a this might be a one-year dip with Drew Locke, which is very possible. But at the same time, I think they're going to be down a lot, so they're going to be throwing the football. And if we can get a 
2017 Blake Bortles type year out of Drew Locke, where, yeah, the team's completely trash, but he throws for 4,000 yards, 3,500 of which come in the second half of football games. I'll be here for it. And I think DK is going to get a lot of those targets, especially those deep targets. So I would take DK in that scenario pretty comfortably. And then hoping that in 2023, they're either bad enough to land a CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or like we've seen this offseason, there's a lot of veteran quarterback movement and they load up that way. Okay, yeah. So, uh, I can agree with that. Okay. If you're ready for one that is uh, going to determine if we can still do a podcast together anymore, I am have that in the holster ready to shoot. Okay. Would you rather super flex at quarterback have Mac Jones quarterback of the New England Patriots or Tua Tungavahoa quarterback Miami Dolphins moving forward? Uh, just so you know, both of them are 24. <laughs> yeah, age age does not matter. Um, oh, I'm me. sorry. Mac Jones is only 23. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, I'm going to take Tua, and that's not just because you're a Miami guy. Nope, nope, um, nope. Good, good, good call. Good call. But I'm going to take Tua. Um, one, because I'm very interested to see what – the Patriots offense looks like without Josh McDaniels too. Like, I think that that can change a lot of things. And then we obviously know both of our loves from, um, you know, McDaniels, you know, all, like all McDan- Mc- yeah. McDaniel, not McDaniels. So like, right. I can see that's confusing. I'm saying it's bad. McDaniels left new England for Vegas, but then you guys got McDaniel from, San Francisco, just to make sure we're all right. clear there, because right. that's two different, two different yes. names. But well, um, very different coaches as well. Very different coaches as well. Um, so, but yeah, and then obviously, like, look at the weapons that Tua has. Like, he's set up for success. So, um, I actually like. I don't even think that's that that close. Like, I think you should have added picks with. Right. Okay. So, uh, with the, with, the cheat sheet I just grabbed for names has Tua at fifty six. Excuse me, Mac Jones at seventy. So they're, I mean. You could argue there's a maybe late second round pick differential there, but not much. Yeah. Yep. Agreed there. Agreed there. Okay. Um, is, okay. I'm going to stick with Seattle here. Okay. Um, Tyler Lockett. Or somebody that everybody hates that I'm actually high on this year, I mean, this year and moving forward, Kenny Galladay. Okay, so I'm a, probably the worst person to ask this question to because I have been tortured by Tyler Lockett, both as an owner and going against him since he is the captain of, I'm going to score three points for six weeks, and then as soon as you bench me, I'm dropping a 35 on somebody. So hate that. Uh, so I, I personally don't love Tyler Lockett. We talked about the quarterback situation with Drew Locke, how that could get better as we get into 2023 and then ideally move on from him. But at the same time, Tyler Lockett is an aging receiver. So I think I'm, I'm just going to take Kenny G on this side and hope that quarterback scenario this year, I think is better for Kenny G. And then once again, 2023, as there's now going to be what, at least seven teams uh, looking for either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So I like, Kenny Galladay. Um, I think last year was a little bit of a dip and we've seen him produce before. We know the talents there and Brian Dabble 
has always been able to get wide receivers to produce. So, yeah, I'm going Kenny G there. Yeah, so Kenny G is actually 50 spots lower in, oh. cons- in consensus rankings than Tyler Lockett. Uh, closer to 45, actually, to be closer. But anyway, still pretty big gap. Um, and why I brought that up, you know this, but in, our, in another dynasty league, I actually traded for Kenny Galladay uh, this week. I ended up trading A.J. Dillon for Galladay next year's second and a 2025 second so wow all right kind of like that so all right well in the name of time do we get to the the long segment we, we might as well get to the long segment here I think so. this, is, this is this is what i came for today folks it is because you desperately need to practice and that <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> we are doing a two-round mock draft for again, for dynasty, for superflex, twelve team league, just to make sure we are 100% no IDP clear. or IDP. I'd say no IDP. I don't think okay. that's like I don't think IDP that's is fair. a very very common thing. I know we do it because we're sickos, um, right? And we love it. If you it. haven't done IDP, highly recommend. Highly recommend it. Um, you'll get in a bunch of fights about Devin Lloyd, so it's yeah. it's very very it's enjoyable. Yeah, like daily. So, okay. Do you want to go first? I think, I will, or do you want to go second? You decide. I think first is the easy pick. So, uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, sure. I'll go. I'll go first. That is totally fine. Um, honestly, because I want to see what you're going to do a second. Um, so, easy pick. I'll take it. Uh, it's Brees Hall, running back, New York Jets. Just I like, don't, yeah. Just simple, right? Like I think, gonna, like regardless of format, I think regardless of format, yeah, Brees Hall is the one on one. This is where things get tricky because we did say this is super flex. A quarterback value is greatly inflated. At the same time, there is few things more deflating than this year's quarterback class. So I don't love Kenny Pickett here. And like we said in our draft on Sunday, I actually have the one hundred two and the one hundred one. So Brees Hall is basically on my team already, in my opinion. 102, I got some issues. And we talked about that this morning. I was like, I honestly don't know what to do. I'm between two players. I am between either Drake London, the wide receiver from Atlanta, or Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Tennessee. And I think there's a lot to go into this. Obviously, I've mentioned my team is rebuilding, so I'm taking a long-term view on things. Okay, I think this year Trey Burks probably has a bigger year because he's walking into that quote-unquote A.J. Brown role, even though I don't think he's an A.J. Brown. So he's going to get targets. But long-term, do you want to marry yourself to a Ryan Tannehill? And granted, Malik Willis is there, and they could make that move with Tannehill's contract in the upcoming years. So do you tie yourself to a Ryan Tannehill this year and potentially either an aging Ryan Tannehill or a Malik Willis, who's very raw, obviously coming out of Liberty, who, who dropped in the draft famously. On the flip side, we have Drake London, who once again is going to get a pile of targets. So I think this year, that's a win-win. Marcus Mariota, quarterback. Desmond Ritter came, is uh, coming in as a rookie as well. Granted, you have Kyle Pitts there taking targets away. There's only one ball. I think he's going to get plenty of targets, plenty of, you know, action this year but then long term there's a question mark there because obviously Marcus Mariota won't be the long-term starter in Atlanta Desmond Ritter was a late enough pick where they could definitely move on and I think they'll be competitive enough to land one of the big quarterbacks in 2023 so it's a little bit of a wild card where I think Tennessee 
is somewhat of a playoff contender still, so they probably won't be drafting early enough just because that roster is too good. Derrick Henry is going to prevent them from drafting top five. So this is the thought process I've been going through, and where I find myself naturally leaning is I am going to take Drake London here from Atlanta. And now you can please tell me what you were going to do since we teased that earlier and said for the sake of content, we're not going to text each other at 8 o'clock in the morning about it. Yeah. Unfortunately for everybody, uh, you just picked who I would have taken. I think it's Drake, oh. London. it's Drake London, and honestly, I don't even think it's that close. I think that Drake London, the way that that offense is set up, I mean, I'm kind of going to be repeating everything you're saying, but, like, no Calvin Ridley there. He, like, he's going to be a target monster, like, from day one. Like, it's him and Kyle Pitts. Um I think that he's set up into an, an offense that has, you know, it has shown from, you know, Tennessee days that like they can like get a wide receiver and be a top five wide receiver, um, even if they have other weapons. So, yeah, I think it's Drake London. Um, I can see an argument for like what you're saying on Traylon Burks. He's actually fourth on my list. So oh. the guy, the guy above him for me um Dynasty wise is Jamison Williams. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just super high on him. And I understand that like this year, like he's this year might not help you. Like he might have this like crazy, like end of year stretch. I could easily see that. Um, but like, he's not going to help you out early on in the year, like redraft leagues. Like I'm probably going to stay away from him this year unless like you have, you know, a bunch of depth, but yeah. So for me, it was going to go like, it's Drake London, and then it's Jamison Williams, and then it's probably Traylon Burks, and then Garrett Wilson. Like, that's probably, like, in the order okay. that I was going to go. But anyways, I kind of just, like, now just said, okay, well, now I know what what, what the picks well, are here. So, uh, right. Well, hey, I did the same thing because I said at 102, I was between Burks and uh, London. Burks obviously falls two, three. And after we just got done pooping on him, I will say this guy is going to be a good fantasy asset this year and most likely in the future. Uh, if you don't blame me, just go back to the Arkansas tape from last year. The dude was, you know, quote unquote, wide receiver one until Jamison William happened. Uh, you know, the guy balled out. And if you want that big physical bodied receiver, Traylon Burks is your guy. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to do great things in Tennessee. But yeah, at 102, I was just kind of leaning London a little bit. So at 104, I will take Traylon Burks. Okay, perfect. So, sorry, I'm just typing all this in so we can keep our doc up to date. And you got Trey Lumberg's here. Okay, perfect. Bad typing by me. So, we're good. We're good there. Uh, okay, so again, Brees Hall 1, Drake London 2, Jamison Williams 3, Trey Lumberg's 4. Um, this is where it starts to get, you know, again, super flex league. Like, it starts to get a little dicey here. And you want to know what? It's super flex. I, I can't wait any longer. Um, this is probably like if you're picking five, like in a 12 person league, like given your team could suck, but also like this, like five to eight range, like usually screams to me, like you're either in quarterback, you know, like poverty land, or you're in like, you were just super injured last year. And like your team was still good enough to not be one of the bottom three, but like, not good enough to like overcome injuries. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take Kenny Pickett here. Um, he Pittsburgh 
they're going to give him the longest leash, even if he does struggle early, um, that he's going to continue to be a starting quarterback in the NFL for minimum four years. Um, so I'm going to take Kenny Pickett there. Yeah, and I think, like, Kenny Pickett is going to be that – he's not going to be Lamar Jackson, right? He's not going to be Pat Mahomes. He's not going to come in and, as a rookie, throw up 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns. If he does, bless his heart and shout out Pittsburgh, you got a good one. But chances are that's not going to happen. But I don't see where there's a good reason to say Kenny Pickett cannot be a top, you know, 18 starting quarterback fantasy-wise. And a top 18 quarterback in a super flex league, which is a fancy way to put a two-quarterback league, 12 teams, top 24 quarterbacks are starters every week. So this is going to be a very high floor, potentially low ceiling pick slot in your lineup every week. And there's, hey, when you're talking bye weeks and everything else, you know, a lot of people won championships with Ryan Tannehill. And he's never been a top five fantasy quarterback. So I think, yeah, I think five is the low point for Kenny Pickett. At six, this is a guy that has no, I mean, he's here and everything, every pick we've made has made sense. But if you're at six and this guy, is there you should do a little happy dance and that's kenneth walker the third running back from seattle it looks like chris carson is most likely done and rashad penny is on a one-year contract who hasn't stayed healthy his entire career kenneth walker balled the hell out at michigan state seattle likes to run the ball he's going to get over you know 250 carries this year absolutely i i think kenneth walker is a great pick I have seen him go as high as two in this scenario. We did a running back and wide receiver, but the you'll be in drafts where Kenneth Walker is the number two overall pick. You will. Um, yeah, this one's tough. Um, I, in dynasty, like it makes total sense. I mean, I think I'm going to be staying away from him in like redraft leagues because of Rashad Penny. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I understand like he can't stay healthy, but like, I can't ignore his stretch that he had last year. Oh my that, God. Like Dude, I wrote he, him to a championship. That, so I was just about to say too many people wrote him to championships. Like he was so good. And like, if he can just find and like his injuries have like weirdly been like We're weird, unlucky, weird, like not like, Oh man, this dude just like can't stay healthy. Like, it's just like, man, like can this guy catch a break more than anything? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I can see this pick though. I can see it. Um, especially, you know, Actually, here's a good question. Because, like, in redraft leagues, like, at least I am, like, I'm I'm kind of the known as, like, building my redraft leagues around my running backs. Like, that's kind of just the way I do it for the most part. Um, yep. But in Dynasty, I'm exact opposite. I build my teams well, cause usually – yeah, because of the window, right? I usually build my teams through like my wide receivers and stuff. It's weird to say because like in the league that we're in, like three of my first four picks in our draft were running backs with Barkley, JT, and Nick Chubb. But that's just because everybody else was trying to follow the same thing as me. And like I just had the value there. Like I couldn't pass on those guys any longer. Um, but yeah, so I could see it. I guess what I'm getting at. So I like that. Um, going to seven. Um this this one's tough, right? Because you could eat like I I really like Garrett Wilson. I really like Chris Olave. Um Olave might be, I mean, both offenses are gonna be super exciting this year. Um I'm gonna go, I mean, 
at this point, I'm going to go with who I had ranked higher heading into the draft, like not care about like location because that can get you into trouble, like where they landed sometimes. So I will go with Garrett Wilson at pick seven here. Okay. Yeah, I, I have no problem with that. Um, I'm going to sprint up real quick and I'm just going to take Olave. Uh, those two guys coming off the board ends a tier for me. Uh, you know, when you're kind of stacking this, I think once you get past pick eight in this format, that's this is where there's a drop off now. Huge drop uh, off. So that's this is kind of where I'm at. So, like, if you're like, oh, I can trade up or trade back, if you're at like pick three, you want to trade back, you want to Drake London at three, he goes at two, and you're like, okay, I'm going to kick back and, you know, acquire some assets. I would have a hard time going back farther than eight because that locks you into, you know, at minimum, a Garrett Wilson, a Chris Olave, a guy we both loved. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think this year, and I don't put anything into Jarvis signing with New Orleans. That doesn't impact Olave at all. If anything, it probably helps him as Jarvis is a, you know, a tenured wide receiver in the league who has been a pros pro and understands how to be productive. Uh, I think they complement each other very well. So I'm almost happy to see the signing. Uh, so that doesn't, that's no negatives there, but yeah, I'm taking Olave here at eight. Yep. I like it. Um, this next one is a little, like we said, this is where it starts getting tough. Um, shoot. Um, just so, just so you know, if you don't, I will. (laughs) And I think listeners of the show know what I'm talking about. If not, go back and listen to some episodes. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm going to do this. Okay. I don't even care. And I got him way later in my draft the other week. So it just shows how thankful I am, I guess. I'm going to, I'm going to take sky more. Like, I think that he's going to come into this. I like, I think he's going to come into this offense and I think he's going to be a viable weapon from day one. Like I would not be shocked to watch like him and Juju just both put up like these, like 90, catch seasons for the next several years like i could see juju staying around for a while um and as kelsey drops off it could just be become those guys um Mm -hmm. with with ceh honestly i think the ceh could start taking off a little bit like everybody's like now like they're like now like he's you know dead in the water i could see him like rising from the dead in a sense right and i'm glad you you took sky Moore because he was a guy i highlighted that i wanted to talk about um, throughout the draft as a player that's been unfairly dropped or uh, you're or falling in the draft a little unfairly. Cause like, let's think about it. When you're talking about a wide receiver, you're worried about offensive scheme and quarterback play. Well, those are two big shiny stars, check marks, whatever you want to put sticker chart. You got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. schemes, phenomenal quarterback is phenomenal. Best quarterback in the league. So, I don't see a path where Sky Moore doesn't produce. And if you're worried about, oh, my God, there's only one ball, well, Tyreek Hill left, and they brought in Juju. So Juju's on a one-year deal. So after this year, Juju could very well walk. Travis Kelce is getting older. So there's a world where Sky Moore is the guy in Kansas City. And if you think Patrick Mahomes isn't going to throw a minimum of 30 to 35 touchdowns a year, I don't know what you're – share whatever you're going at because I need some. See, I think Sky Moore is a guy who deserves to be in the top 10 of rookie drafts everywhere. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad you snuck him in here. 
at nine. Jacob. Ten. Sorry, sorry. At, at pick ten. Sky Moore was pick nine. At pick ten, we are going running back. James Cook from Buffalo. Uh, this is a guy that – I think this is probably the sweet spot for him. Between – if you're doing a 12-team between like 10, pick 10 in the first round and the second or third pick in the second round, I think is kind of the, his happy little honey hole. Not going to be the guy this year. I mean, he very well could, but not scheduled to be the guy this year. Things can obviously change throughout the summer. But Devin Singletary is in the last year of his contract. Uh, Buffalo is changing their running scheme. They're changing the way they block. They're wanting to do more running. I think they're looking to not expose Josh Allen to as many hits as he's been taking over the early part of his career. And James Cook is one of those few running backs in this draft class, maybe one of, honestly, one of two or three guys that can hit a home run from anywhere on the field. So if you're one of those dynasty players who likes to open up their app or watch uh, red zone on Sundays and see Buffalo come on TV and see your player score an 80 yard touchdown. James Cook is somebody you want on your roster. So that's why we're taking him here at the 110. Yep. Yep. I knew that one was coming, uh, but I just had to take the, the upside of Sky more a little bit more there. No pun intended on that. Um, so moving on to 11, I'm going to just end up taking all the quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, Malik Willis, if you're picking 11, it literally means that you lost in the championship last year, which means your team is probably good. Uh, this is this is a perfect scenario where you can stash a future starting quarterback in two years. You know that you're probably in a good run scenario right now to make another run at a championship if you were let you know runner up last year. You don't even need him to play this year. Like who cares? Um, you can have him next year or. You know, early mid-season, let's just say that Malik Willis ends up taking Tannehill's spot this year, which I don't think is going to happen, but like, let's just say he does, you know, throughout the year. Whoever's bottom of the barrel, they might be, like, willing to trade or, or even middle pack, like, might be willing to trade and you might be able to get a King's Ransom, like, throughout the middle of the year. Like, you might be able to get multiple first-round picks for him um, by the middle of the season. So, uh, I mean, you're just running up to the podium, really. Like, you're – Mm-hmm. runner up last year and then you got arguably like what people thought was qb1 in this draft like I mean, you know you're just stoked two months ago when we did a pre-draft mock malik willis was the first overall pick i'm pretty sure yeah first or I second so. it was either him yeah. or breeze yep so yeah i think we it's not like this guy just magically sucks now uh he exactly. just, he just he's just not gonna play yeah he's just not gonna right. play the minimum the first eight games Mm-hmm. So in that same mindset here at the 112, I am taking Christian Watson, the wide receiver from Green Bay. And this is as a, hey, you're at 12. This is a, should be a championship winning team unless you traded for the pick. So you can probably afford with your roster construction to take a wide receiver who could produce this year, but most likely is looking at a second half of the season this year for production. So right when you're making your playoff, your championship run again, or Next year, you're married to Aaron Rodgers for at least a little while. He has a great makeup physically. We're just, you know, we had didn't really see it in North Dakota State. Green Bay has done pretty dang well drafting wide receiver when they do do it. They just never do it in the first round. So Christian Watson, from a lottery ticket standpoint, I think is too good to pass up here at the end of round one. Yeah. I was taking, I was planning on taking him at 2.01. I was hoping you were going to take somebody else here. So um, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, you're playing with, you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, like you're going to get targets. And I mean, 
everybody, you know, everybody loves like Alan Lazard and all that type of stuff, which rightfully so. I like Alan Lazard as well, but like Christian Watson's going to get plenty of targets. There's, there's way too many targets left that are vacant from last year. Um, given I've, I've been on record on this podcast saying that I think, you know, like, AJ Dillon gets a lot more carries this year. I think they try to find ways to get, you know, him and, you know, Jones Aaron on Jones on the field. Aaron Jones on the field at the same time. Aaron Jones is probably going to split out wide and get more targets this year. Maybe even, you know, like less rushing attempts because they need to use him at wide receiver. So um, I really like this though. I think that he's going to have plenty of targets. Um, so I'll just take the wide receiver that I thought you might consider here. And I'll just take George Pickens at 2.01. Um Steelers are known for getting wide receivers and like making them like elite. It's just what they do. Um, no juju anymore. He can, he can just move straight into that juju role. You obviously have Claypool, you have Deontay Johnson. So you're not worrying about double teams. Pickens is fa- a fantastic blocker, really tough dude as well. That, that alone will get him onto the field. Yep. Um, and with second round picks right now, like you're just kind of hoping for guys that can get onto the field as much as possible and then just see what happens. I think George Pickens is just a dude that's just a damn good football player. And he's just going to, he's going to get onto the field and he'll make things happen. Like he's, he was, if it wasn't for the ACL tear two years ago, like he was already, he was like talked about as wide receiver one in, in the entire draft class. So um, now he's gone through the whole season of playing, getting out of the funk of like, like playing on an, you know, on a recovered knee. Um, so I just really like him. So right. I'm going to take and there George is that. Yeah. Love that pick. And there is the trust factor of, you know, just the player trusting the injury to be back to full, you know, full strength. So yeah, I like that quite a bit And Pittsburgh. They, I don't think they've drafted a wide receiver that hasn't produced in quite a long time, especially not on, you know, day one or day two here at pick two or uh, pick three round two, no pick two round two. Come on, get to go Dan, read a spreadsheet. I'm finally going to get off the horse. I'm going to grab a quarterback. And I'm grabbing Matt Corral out of Carolina. I wouldn't be surprised if outside of Kenny Pickett, this is the first quarterback to play. Because Carolina, I mean, okay, think about it. We've seen Matt Corral throw the football. When you have Sam Darnold and Matt Corral throwing the football next to each other, Matt Corral is going to look that much better. Okay, so I can see by the time we get to like week four or five, if Carolina starts 0-4, 1-3, that uh, we got to start thinking about our jobs if we're a Carolina coach. And the uh, best way to do that is put a rookie quarterback out there and show promise. So if you're looking at a, you know, hey, you're picking number two here in the second round, you're probably rebuilding. You want that rookie quarterback that you could possibly flip for a bunch of picks in 2023 or something like that. Matt Corral is your guy. He's sneaky athletic. His teammates all loved him at Old Miss. You're going to get a little bit of rushing, probably not a lot, but a little bit of rushing too as a fun little bonus might sneak in a couple red zone bootleg touchdowns uh, to score you some points. So, yeah, I'm going Matt Corral here, a a guy I've loved for a while now, but I think his situation warrants him going as early as second round. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't disagree there. Um, See, and now you get me worried that you just took a quarterback, and so this is where – you know, read the draft, read what's happening. You all of a sudden have, you know, in the last four picks, you have two quarterbacks taken. There's not too many quarterbacks in this draft class. If you're going to want one, take one. Um, again, if you're picking third in the draft, you walk away with Jamison Williams at this, and then I'm going to take Desmond Ritter here um, at 2.03. 
knowing that there's a good chance that he plays this year. Like Marcus Mariota is great, like for like what he is, but like at some point, if they're not winning ball games, which is mine is not going to be winning ball games, like they're going to switch it up just to see what they have there. Because if they're picking early in the draft, they they want to know like what they took in. Sorry, was he round two or three? Three. He was round three, right? He was but round three. three. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Yeah, three, because there's none in taken in second. Yeah, you're right. So um, it's just they got to see what they have it and just see if it was a wasted pick or if it's like, okay, we're picking in the top five next year. Do we take another? Do we take a quarterback here? So I'm going to take Ritter um, and just see and just hope that it's, you know, hope that it's right. And if not, then you, I mean, in the second round, you end up with a guy that's going to be a good backup quarterback for probably his entire career. Yeah, and and I think this is definitely that scenario, you know, from a team drafting in this slot here early in round two, if a quarterback who could potentially start this year is there, you almost got to take him. Uh, I'm up, and I'm going to take a guy I was actually thinking you would take. And uh, after we both went back-to-back quarterbacks, we are now going back-to-back Bearcats. And I am taking Alec Pierce, the wide receiver from Indianapolis. We've been begging for Indianapolis to have a real – wide receiver opposite of Michael Pittman Jr. And they get a guy everyone had comped to Michael Pittman Jr. So yeah, they have a type. This guy is going to explode with Matt Ryan. Uh, It might not be immediately. This might be another guy who you bench for the first maybe two, three weeks. And then mid-season, late season really starts to come on. Uh, Great athletic profile coming out of Cincinnati. I think he's going to mesh with Matt Ryan so well. And this is a guy who's going to produce a lot in the future. I mean, I, I think he's just going to be super solid. If Alec Pierce is your wide receiver three this year and your wide receiver two moving forward, I think you got a rock solid roster. You should feel pretty good about that. Yeah, agreed. I mean, yeah, we, we talked about Alec Pierce way too much before the draft. Like we both we both really like him and the landing spot was great for him. So that, that doesn't hurt. Um, I'm going to take a guy that actually fell all the way to the fourth round in my draft a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to take him around two, given idp league so there's you know that's an extra like eight guys you know or so so i could see you know that um i'm gonna and it's a guy that you'd like uh Ooh. i'm gonna i'm gonna take david bell oh no <laughs> oh no what are you see, doing I thought, I thought i was gonna get him here at like the end of the second round no no sir uh, I'm going to take david bell i mean i he dropped because of his slow 40 time during the combine but he's a Dang good football player, like really, really good. And like, is he not just a Jarvis Landry here, people? Like, is he not just going to fill that role immediately, like for the Browns? Like, yeah, come yeah, on. I, like, I is he not a dude that like just screams like this rookie that takes that ends up with like seventy catches for like nine hundred yards and like four touchdowns? Like, it Very just quiet. screams that. It, it, it just yeah. happens. Yep, just happened exactly. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. Uh, okay, so I'm up again, and we're going to dip into a new position. I'm going to grab oh. a tight end. And I am going to go ahead and grab Trey McBride from Arizona. Uh, this is a probably one of the quieter prospects coming out of Colorado, but uh, he, had his, he had his followers on Twitter. You know, We know you're out there. And this is mainly on off because of the offense. Uh, the, right now, Zach Ertz is in front of him, but I think after this year or maybe during this year, Trey McBride becomes the starter, becomes the safety blanket for Kyler Murray. We know he likes to run around. And as soon as they got a real tight end in Zach Ertz last year, that offense took off. So I don't see that going away. I think Trey McBride 
I think he's going to be perfect in Arizona. They want to play seven on seven football. We say it almost every week. So here, Trey McBride, heck yeah, throw it, send it in. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, I'm flipping my throat. Um, that's great. So Trey McBride there. Um, yeah, and again, this this pick to me screams 2023 winner there, yep. not 2022, which is great. Um, so now I'm up pick seven again. Again, I took Garrett Wilson when, in the first round. Um, that was me hoping that Walker would fall, and he did not. Um, so now I'm like, okay, do I ha- do I go with a running back here, or do I wait another round and just see who falls to me? Um, I get a little worried doing that. Um, I'm going to take a guy that. I think he's going to get some playing time um, strictly because they, this team let their RB2 walk in free agency. Um, their third down back got hurt last year and their starter ended up taking up a lot of catches anyways. Um, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers letting Ronald Jones go. Um, we all know Fournette's injury history here. Um so I'm going to take Rashad White out of Arizona State here. Um, I think that okay. he had 43 receptions last year in college. Um, I think he, he actually led his team in receiving yards and rushing yards. And that's a Pac-12 school. Like, that's no like, joke of a school there. I mean, they are a joke because Arizona State sucks. But, like, you, know, you get what I'm saying. Um <laughs> So I'm going to take Rashad White and like just be like, okay, I got a dude that's most likely going to get, you know, minimum like five to 10 touches a game when Leonard Fournette's healthy. But when he's out, he could become just the guy. And look at how much Tom Brady like dumps the ball off nowadays. Like he, he could just be a PPR guy, like just a dump off machine. Hey, I, I like it. That's not where I thought you were going running back, but now I'm starting to feel like I can wait on the guy I was thinking until my next pick. And with this pick, I'm going to go grab. Oh yeah. I think I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take John Mechie, the wide receiver out of Houston. We're here at the eighth slot. Okay. So this is a, you, you made the playoffs. Congratulations, but you need somebody who's going to play. Okay, it's great to take those lottery tickets like we've talked about, like Ritter and Willis as guys that can play later in the year. But we need guys on the field, okay, if you're picking eight. And Mechie is going to be on the field. This is a guy, he was rumored to sneak in the back back half of the first round. He didn't. He drops to Houston. Houston's going to be throwing the ball in the second half, folks. Uh, <laughs> as much as they want to run the ball, as much as Lovey Smith says he wants to run the ball, Davis Mills looked pretty good down the stretch last year, had multiple 300-yard games. So there's targets out there. There's yards out there. And I think John Mechie's going to get his share. So yeah, I think at eight, John Mechie's great value here. I really like that. And I considered him actually. So yeah, I really, really like that as well. All right, moving on. This is where it starts to get really dicey, man. Like given where I think we've already been at that dicey area, but there's like, there's so many routes you can go. This is the part of the draft where I wish I had like four picks back to back. Oh, and like just, percent. Yep. Like, and just t- take all of them and just, yep. like, I, I'm just hoping one or two of these hit. Um, I'm going to take another running back though. Um, and I don't, I still don't think it's a guy that you think though. I think I know who you're talking about. I'm going to let you have him. Um, I'm going to take the former Florida Gator, Damian Pierce here, who's with the Houston Texans. Now, like it's him and Mark Ingram. Like, that's all there is. Like, Philip Lindsay's even gone. Like, he just signed with the Colts. 
Uh, uh, whoa, 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 sir. We will not accept that amount of Marlon Mack slander I just on this just... podcast. Do you forget 13 years ago when he was an RB1 <laughs> for six weeks? I do. I do remember that. I, I very much do. I love, and I love Marlon Mack, but I'm, he just can't stay healthy. He just can't, and it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I'm going to take Damian Pierce because I truly believe by midseason, I mean, like, Mark Ingram's going to slow down by, like, week, like, five or six. Like, Mark Ingram's going to be a stud for redraft teams. I really think that for the first month of the season. And then you better trade his ass because, like, after, like, he has, like, three, like, 80-yard games and a touchdown, um, then he's going to fall off a, fall off a cliff, and it's going to be the Damian Pierce show. So, Damian Pierce it is at 1 dot – or, sorry, 2.09. So, that team's walked away with Sky Moore and Damian Pierce. I love that. Absolutely love that. Uh, here at 10 – First round took James Cook. Second round, we are going wide receiver. And we are going to get a guy that, hey, you know, what we said we dropped. Isn't it weird how we said this draft class was so bad? And now we're here at the back end of the second round talking about guys that you could probably put in your lineup right away. And that's what you can do with this wide receiver. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver coming out of the University of Southern Alabama. For you other sickos out there that still play NCAA 14, this is the team whose abbreviation is USA. Okay, love, love my Jaguars. Uh, Jalen Tolbert going to the Dallas Cowboys. And hey, listen, they are not going to rush Michael Gallup back, which means he will immediately get to be the Robin to C.D. Lamb's Batman with Dak quarterback as your quarterback. Dak Prescott as your quarterback. I said Dak quarterback, didn't I? Uh, Sometimes it'd be like that, folks. Get excited about this guy, right? So I think this is a guy, he's going to produce day one. Big body wide receiver, physical wide receiver. And he's in Dallas. You know, this is one of those quarterbacks you want to be married to in Dak Prescott. Uh, so, yeah, I think Jalen Tolbert here at the back end of the second round is phenomenal. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. So, this this is tough. So, this is obviously This is last your last pick. pick so, yeah. don't, don't screw it up. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, there's guys like Isaiah Spiller that you could, that you could consider. You could consider, you know, a couple other running backs, um, Brian John or Brian Robinson, for example. Um, I'm going to take a dude because, and it's hard because he's picking 11 now. Like, this is like two, like, very, like, shot in the dark type things. But with the Giants rumored to want to, you know, trade some former first round quarterback or first round wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to take Wandale Robinson okay. for the New York Giants here um, and just see if he gets on the playing field. We, we talked about how, you know, Brian Dable's, you know, receiving cores with the Bills have been fantastic. Like they took him and they clearly have an idea for him and we'll just see how it goes. Like given understanding that it might not look great to start off, but I think it could turn around and be a little bit of a steal late in the second round. So Wondell Robinson at 2.11. And I think this is the time of the draft where you can't forget draft capital in terms of where guys are selecting the NFL draft. With Wondell being a top two pick, there is that they drafted him knowing there's a role for him. Okay, he's not a, you know, a uh, sixth or seventh round pick where it's like, well, you know, he's probably going to, play special teams and maybe he can get on the field in certain packages. These team draft players ideally with a role in mind. So I don't hate the pick there. 
but here with our final pick, Mystery Relevant, in a two-round mock draft, I have a lot of different ways to go. Um, I think Jahan Dotson should have been picked by now in Washington, even though I get the quarterback situation. That's fair. Booty. Yep. Uh, yep. And to flip back on that, hey, uh, Sam Howell's also there. So if you're you know, a championship team and you want to sit on a quarterback and hope for the best – He's probably going to play this sometime this year as well, just because, well, my reasoning is two words, Carson Wentz. So, um, so both Washington guys, I think, could definitely go in the top two rounds. You mentioned Isaiah Spiller, Brian Robinson. Okay, so we just hate Washington, okay, apparently, because Brian Robinson's going to play. They're talking about limiting Antonio Gibson's carries, maybe doing the thing like we think Green Bay would do with Aaron Jones where they put him in the wideout again as he came in as a wideout so hey why not okay washington just be you uh but where i'm gonna go with this god i just saw velas jones in the target he's gonna get targets so so many i had to mention him but i'm actually going to get grab tyler algier the running back from atlanta coming out of byu i think this is a very sneaky good pick here at the end of the second round he fits that Tennessee, that Atlanta Arthur Smith offense perfectly. There's no way they can just let Scordero Patterson be their only running back. I'm not scared of Damian Williams at all. So I think Tyler Algier is going to get carries. And if you're in a league, like a non-super flex league or even a super flex league where running backs are incredibly important, it seems like you can always get plus value from running backs if you have one producing. Tyler Algier – is going to get carries, and even if it's four or five yards of carry, hey, if you get enough of them, eventually you fall into the end zone, and that's how you get points, people. Fantasy football 101. Uh, so <laughs> I like Tyler Algier here. I think at the end of the second round is great. Uh, so on this team, they've now paired Christian Watson in the first round and Tyler Algier in the second. And coming off a championship, you could definitely do worse. Oh, a thousand percent. And now I just realized, yeah, then in, if we did three, like 3.01 – I mean, pick one would have walked away with Brees Hall, George Pickens, and Jahan Dotson. Like, that's a pretty good first first three picks for him. They could, they'd be feeling good like, on that's, a rebuild there. That's a good way to kick off a rebuild. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, that's awesome. Um, fun times. I mean, that's it. That That's it. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're going to do some other stuff, but I think we're running out of time here. We are. Yeah, it's uh, we kind of got – kind of got I knew we'd get long-winded on two-round mock especially because there's so many guys that we've been pounding the table for before the draft that landed in pretty good spots uh, I think we both have a couple guys in our back pocket that if we did three rounds we'd be giving things away to each other uh, before our draft on Sunday as now we've entered an area where we both have draft picks so it'll be fun uh, to get back together post Sunday and yes. uh, see how we go and you know because there's a there's one or two guys that early in the third round here would definitely be coming off the board for me. Yeah. I mean, there's a few, but sorry. I'm just like, just trying to think like, how do I get into the first round again? <laughs> like that's all I'm like really thinking top about. Eight. Is, like, it's not just first round. It's top eight. If you want one of these like premier skill position players, obviously I know the player you're coming up for, but yeah. uh, if you, if you want one of these like premier skill players, I think you got to be top eight is what yeah. we've learned today. Yeah. Uh, so yep agreed agreed so all right well there it is for another one i really like our our you know pick pick a side version there i we should do that more often here so um i realized we were supposed to do a trusivia today 
totally forgot about that as we just like dove right into it. But we'll just save it for next time. Maybe Austin oh will join. And it's okay. I was uh, la- when uh, you and Austin were on last time. I was screaming uh, on my way to work that Tua is the only quarterback. You're the youngest quarterback to win in Foxborough. That's not a Patriot. And folks, don't forget, Tua is the only quarterback undefeated against Bill Belichick. So suck it, Bill. Suck it, Bill. Um, all right, that does it for us. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Um, I mean, over the next like 10 days, like Memorial Day weekend, and like from like now to Memorial Day weekend is like the biggest window for dynasty drafts. Like it's mm-hmm. the most popular time because now it's like everybody's like had time to digest like the players, they got to see them in mini camps, like hear things, but then it's like before summertime because you don't want to go then into summertime and all that stuff. So these next 10 days are are big. So um yeah, we'll we'll dive more into it. We'll be back. Yeah, next looking week. forward to it. Uh, so be sure you get at the Talking Football Twitter account with your pick aside trades, or if you just got a question, you're like, "Hey, I'm hanging out at 110, and do I hope a guy drops, or what do I do?" Let us know your dynasty questions, your gambling questions, your football questions. That's what we're here for. Let's get the community going. Yeah, we really should. Um, speaking of that, I mean, you know, went over to the casino this weekend just dominated on Friday night and then got wrecked on Sunday. I mean, not football related gambling, but you know, baseball and baseball and basketball. Um, I was texting you the entire time. You were a big bucks and six guy. And I was like, no Celtics. It's it's what they do. And then, and then I went in all in on bucks and seven. Because it's not bucks and seven tree. It's not. Well, I know that now, Dan, now that I've <laughs> lost my money on Sunday. <laughs> so it's always a good time. My neighbor's like, that's why I don't gamble. Like, I can't do it. And I'm just like, guy, like, it's a good time. His name's yeah. Brad. He's, he's, he's probably listening to this at this point. Hey, so, hey, Brad, hey, hey, hey we'll Brad, Brad this, this fall, listen, this fall, when you shoot me a text at 11 o'clock, because you need Hawaii to cover the late, you know, the Pac-12 at night game, yeah. get at me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Okay. We appreciate it all. And tonight we've been talking football.